Greetings, I am Jim. And I am Sean, and we welcome you to our podcast. Our goal is to entertain you with our discussions about RPG, fantasy, and everything in between. Come sit by the fire. You're safe here. We'll keep watch. We hope you enjoy 13-Sided Die. Level 1, Episode 9. It is finally here. Jim's Dragonlance episode. Come with us and visit the Dragonlance universe. We have an in-depth discussion on what's coming, our likes, our dislikes, and so much more. I put Jim in the hot seat and test his knowledge on the world of Kryn. We also share some DM tips, and you can count how many times I say, yep. Welcome back, everybody. It is uh, 13 Sided Die here, as you heard on the intro, and uh, I'm Sean and my good friend... Jim the Epic. Jim the Epic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with me as always that's fantastic uh yeah i'm very excited um we have a really really good show lined up i think i i think it's i'm excited i'm very excited really you are <laughs> i mean i've been gunning for this episode since we've started this damn podcast <laughs> yeah that is true you're pretty excited about it I, I'm, I'm happy it just should be a fun time um a couple of things we want to chat about just briefly though before we get into the meat and potatoes um, we have just come out of a meeting prior to this, a little video chat meeting, uh, with a couple of really good friends of ours, the Wayward Brothers, uh, big shout out there to, uh, Mike and Chubbs, uh, to, uh, Alberta boys, amazing tattoo artists. I think, uh, you, you, um, you, you sport some of their tattoos, I believe. Oh yes. Quite a few of them. <laughs> yeah. Great bunch of guys. And I'm really excited to tease uh, that, um, the four of us, including my son, Connor as well. So there'll be five of us are, uh, working on a little bit of a fantasy project that is too early to talk about, but, um, yeah, we, uh, we had kind of a, a good meeting today and, uh, we're going to kind of get things moving from there. It was, it was pretty cool, right? Yeah. And, uh, this is a warning to Mike and Chubb since they're listening. Uh, <laughs> you guys will have to be on the podcast to talk about it sometime. So yes, for sure. For sure. Uh, it's gonna be very exciting and we'll keep you guys adrift of what's going on. Um, but it's a little too early to talk about it right now. It is in the fantasy realm. That's kind of exciting. And, uh, we'll let you know more about it as the time comes, but that was a, that was a pretty big, we, we had that on the books for a while now. So I'm glad we got to have that meeting. What, what, what's going on in your world? Much trying well, it'll be on Instagram hopefully by the time this is released, but I'm uh, working on an art gallery diorama. Right. Uh, I just thought it'd be cool. Uh, I've I've seen one and uh, yeah, it's going to be filled with paintings and stuff. Yeah, you can check out my Instagram if you want to see it, but I'm pretty yeah. excited for it. Yeah, I've seen some things already. I really like it. I love the idea. It's a great concept. Yeah. And, and other than that, in uh, my real world, my, I had to replace both furnaces and a hot water tank this week. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, not personally, but I had to pay for it. So yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I had furnace issues too. I had a furnace guy looking at ours. Our, uh, the bearings are going in our four-year-old motor, which is exciting, mm. um, but it's not yeah. under warranty, of course. A little conspiracy there. Both our furnaces go in the same so. week. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think some kind of evil... Evil uh, wizard is uh, casting spells on our furnaces. <laughs> gremlins. It's all about gremlins in the machine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've been super busy um, with uh, projects, getting stuff out the door to uh, had a bunch of clients buy stuff, I think, for Christmas presents. And uh, I've just kind of got the last of them will be going out tomorrow, which is exciting. Off to those guys to uh, give to whoever they're giving them to. But uh, that was exciting and get them done. I'm happy about that. It's been quite a flurry of activity. 
But yeah, other than that, I don't know. That's uh, most of the things have been going on. I think that's about it. All right, let's talk some Dragonlance. Really, really? <laughs> uh, yes, that is what this episode is going to be about. About Dragonlance, which is really exciting. Um, we both are fans. I think Jim is the biggest Dragonlance fan that I know. Um, I've, I've loved it since I read the books years and years ago. Uh, but you, sir, are the Dragonlance aficionado, as uh, one would say. Um, and I think we're going to let you start and give a bit of an introduction about it. And then after that, Mrs. Ardnor had the great idea of maybe me interviewing you a little bit. I think that might be kind of fun to ask you some questions about it and stuff. So anyways, why, why don't you kick it off there, Jim, and give us a little bit of a, an overview uh, of Dragonlance. Yeah, I'm not like too much of an expert, but I'm definitely a huge fan. So <laughs> I do know a few things. Dragonlance well, is written by Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman, the novels. Uh, TSR, the company that originally owned D&D before Wizards of the Coast, bought the rights in the 90s. Uh, they made it in 1984. They wanted to make like a mega epic storytelling multi-me- multimedia kind of thing, where there'd be like modules, books, board games, minis, toys, you name it, and then uh, just collaborate all their best artists and writers on it. And, uh, yeah, then they came up with Dragonlance. And, uh, I, you know, and I might be wrong, but a lot of their books were initially kind of role played out, weren't they? Like they kind of actually played them game wise. Well, the weird thing though, is that they, yeah, they started the mod, they wrote the modules first or some mm-hmm. of them. And then the modules were all pre generated characters that you had to play like the stories or the heroes of the story, which that's kind of weird, right? That you can't be like your own. Yeah. Guy, you're playing whatever, right? And then, so anyways, then the books start coming out and then they were really popular and they passed the modules because Weiss and Hickman found it too hard to like write the books based on the modules and it'd be easier to write modules based on books. Yeah. But it was still, it was weird, right? So if like a main character died in the novels, he would also die in the module. And if you were playing that main character, that meant that you died. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of weird, but the world felt so alive and the books did so well. It was very successful. Yes. Well, uh, they, they are yeah. great writers. I mean, I think that's kind of the crux oh. of it, right? Like, they're such great writers. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not just about war, right? That's the, it's more about the heroes and their relationships. Yeah. If you hear noises, sorry, people, I haven't eaten any dinner and I'm starving and I'm eating Cheetos. I have to own up to that. So I am eating Cheetos on the side. But you know. Oh, my God. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, other than that, just uh, about the novels, there's 190 or That's over insane. 190 Dragonlance novels. Yeah. That's insane, man. That's pretty crazy. Um, about the actual novels, it takes place in the world of Kryn. Uh, the trilogy novels start off the whole series. Um, Starts with Dragons of Bomb Twilight, then it goes Dragons of Wear Night, and then Dragons of Spring Dawning. And that's so if you're gonna start, start with those three. Yeah. Jim, in any of the other novels, did they any did any of them predate those novels at any time? Or did they always like any of the future novels, did they go back in time before that, or was that the earliest it ever went back? Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. I'm trying the, to remember. I've not I've not read a ton of the other ones. Yeah. Yeah, there's some like even like the Legend of Huma. That's one of my favorite mm, ones, and that's about that's right. the like the original Night of Slamia, right? You're right. Yeah, totally. Um, the first three books, they follow the companions who are eventually labeled the heroes of the Lance. Yep. Uh, they all meet back in their from their own adventures in a town called Solace at the end of the last home, which is pretty big for Dragonlance. That's the uh, tavern that's in a giant Valenwood tree. Yep. 
Pretty cool. Uh, Sean made me one a few years ago. And also made Joe Meganello one as well. So we did. That was fun. Joe yeah, is it, also a massive Dragonlance fan. Yeah, yeah. He's done lots of good things for it, like keeping it. Yeah, he's actually he's tuning in right now, isn't he? Is he's going to join us on this conversation, isn't he? I, I hope so. Yeah, I wish <laughs> I couldn't get him. He's a little busy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really really interesting. Um, being um, involved at the time, like uh, I read the um, the the book when it came out in uh, it was eighty four eighty five, and uh, I was very excited about it. And it was really neat to see. I don't think anything else in the D and D pantheon of stuff exploded as much as Dragonlance. Like it was, you know, because there's so many. I mean, Ravenloft, which obviously they're connected to as well, but all these other offshoots of things, which are big, nothing to me felt as big as Dragonlance. Like it, it was so huge and had so much to it and so much going on. It was, it was so deep, and I loved how they just made their own things up. Like they 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 were relentless as adding stuff to that, that to the D and D world, which is beautiful. We'll, we'll get into some of that stuff. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Love that too. What um, else you got, buddy? I was just going to say the, uh, I was just going to talk about the heroes of the Lance a little bit. Mm-hmm. There it starts off with Tannis half elven. He's the half elf ranger, uh, technically a fighter in the modules. Cause his right. con or something couldn't be high enough for, to actually be a ranger. <laughs> yeah. In the early days of D and um, certainly in, um, first and, um, AD and D and that to be a ranger, there was certain stats that you had to have a certain amount in your stats to be a ranger. And I remember going to be a car- wanted to be a ranger so bad because a absolutely love Strider Aragorn's best best of all, and then Tannis, which is kind of a version of Strider in a way, like kind mm-hmm. of. Um, Tannis is one of my favorite characters in the in the series, and I wanted to be a ranger so bad. This was the first time I really got to play proper D anD D, and so I remember going and just being scared, crazy that I wasn't going to roll enough in those stat blocks to be able to actually become a ranger. And I think one of them, I was just like right on the threshold. I just barely snuck in. Oh, wow. So, just kind of fun in a way. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you have to do certain things to be able to do something, it's kind of neat that you have these requirements. It was kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like it. And then everyone just thinks of him as the ranger anyways. They do. Right. He, he is a ranger. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then after that, there's Stern Brightblade. He's the human knight of Salomnia. Then you got Flint Fireforge, who's the Hildorf fighter. Tasselhoff Burfoot, who's the Kender rogue. Hoot, hoot. We'll talk about Kenders in a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the twin human brothers, Raceland and Karaman Majir. Raceland's the wizard, Karaman's the fighter. Uh, they're very yin and yang. And then you got their sister, Kidiara, who's the human fighter, the blue lady. That's right. That's the like original crew. Yeah. And um, you have some others that kind of sneak in a little bit, like... Um, Tika, right? Mm-hmm. Who becomes Tika Wayland, who's the um, barkeep at the uh, Inn of the Last Home, and she's becomes quite involved with the group. She knows them all. Like, I mean, they're, they're, these guys are all childhood friends, right? Like, they grew up together. Yeah. Her and, weapon uh, of choice is the skillet pan. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, so well written. Like, it just they added so much depth to all those characters that you just you know talked about. They were. They were so well written that for me, when I read the books, I just completely see them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're, it, it, which is really good, good writing, good storytelling. Uh, yeah. And then they're fighting against Takesis, the goddess of control and evil. And that's basically, uh, Dragolance's version of Tiamat. Right. Big then, bad dragon. Yeah. Then there's all sorts of other villains and good guys, but you know. Yeah. And, and Jim, why do you like the villains so much? 
because they're pretty badass. <laughs> Definitely Lord Soth, the Death Knight. He's just the ultimate Death Knight, right? He's he can kill people by just like one word. Crazy. Looks looks amazing. The art on him, like that's what they're basing all the new stuff on for the art. Yeah. So. And a lot of the new stuff does seem to really um be true to it, doesn't it? Like, uh, certainly vis- visually. Oh yeah, visually. I've heard yeah. some stuff about it not being very yeah. true to the old stuff, but that's yeah. all right. You, you can make it however you want on your game, right? Yeah. Yeah, and we we've mentioned this. I mean, this isn't obviously the first time we talked about Dragonlance. It's Jim just keeps bringing it up. Um <laughs> but um uh and we have mentioned that, you know, like uh for me, I, I, I love that world, and we'll bring I'll bring it into my games, and uh, a lot of times pull out the old uh, a AD and D Dragonlance book and use that, and just kind of write it up to whatever version or whatever, wherever you're at, and just bring it in. Um, and that kind of goes back to when we talk about homebrewing stuff. It doesn't matter what they come out with for Dragonlance. It doesn't matter what I know. A lot of people are very freaked out about one D and D. It doesn't matter what anybody does with these things. You play your game. You take, you grab from wherever, you twist, you turn, you do whatever you want with it. Have fun with it. It doesn't matter. Just it's your game, man. Right? Yeah. If one if one D and D is too garbage, we'll all go to Pathfinder. You there know, you go. Fine. We'll we'll, <laughs> we'll play two D and D. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The new Dragonlance. Yeah. So there'll be so for new players that don't know anything about Dragonlance, so they'll be bringing Lord Sauce in the new adventure. So he's a death knight who was cursed to live forever by the gods uh, Kryn for his crimes against it. Uh, fun fact, he was in the first Ravenloft novel and fought Strahd. There you go. Anyone that's uh, familiar with Ravenloft. So also, that's a, also that's Weiss and Hickman. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they wrote that. And uh, uh, and got a lot of mileage out. I mean, I mean people, people love Ravenloft, right? It's, it's, still, yeah. yeah. Totally. They're bringing... Death Dragons to the new Dragonlance. That's mm-hmm. actually new to Dragonlance as well. Okay. They're linked uh, specifically to Kryn. They're dragon corpses that are brought back to undead life from the fire and the hatred from the cataclysm. Mm. That's like when uh, Kryn kind of got reset. The gods reigned, basically ended Kryn and made him start yeah. over. Uh, yeah, but they, the, I guess the dragons keep their memories alive from that. Mm. So when they come back which is pretty wild. And their breath weapon brings corpses back as zombies that they control. So crazy. And Lord Soth is on the back of one on the cover. Crazy. So do you you know, Jim, roughly the timeline of what this new stuff is supposed to be taking place? Like, has anyone talked about that or is, is there been anything about that, about how does it fit in with the, the timeline of our old stuff of the original stuff? believe it's at the same time as the war of the lance it's just okay. you're on the opposite side of the world kind of thing okay. or uh, or at least the continent i'm not too sure but okay very cool yeah in a couple of weeks so i'll be reading yeah. it front to back there <laughs> uh, another crazy uh fact about crin that they'll be bringing that there's no orcs in crin mm-hmm. and hickman decided that they wanted to uh you know do something a little bit more original they thought that orcs were a little bit too tolkish so yep. they Swapped them out for draconians. Yep. They had hobgoblins. Yeah. Right? Goblins, hobgoblins. Yeah. But yeah, the Dracon- draconians were awesome. Like I, again, they were very much in make stuff up and add to the world, which was really yeah. cool. And um, for me, one of my favorite things, and I've used those when I've created my own monsters, the idea of when a, a draconian is killed, if your sword is in them, they turn to stone and your sword can get stuck in them and stuff, right? 
So yeah. I've I've created characters like that that you know, when they when you kill them, they explode. And so even though you kill them, I mean, you're in close proximity, you're gonna have damage done to you, which was a really neat thing. And that freaked out my players the first time it happened because they're like, <laughs> what? You know, kind of that final final gasp of a, a villain gets to get back at you a bit, which is kind of cool. So. Yeah, but, yeah, because yeah. what is it? They some of them turn to stone when they die. Yeah. So, yeah. so and some of them explode. Their bones mm-hmm. are made, but their bones explode. Yeah, something in them. And then uh, there's another one too where they like could turn into whoever a feather, they kill a, fe- a feather, and they tickle you. So <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. What it was. that's definitely what it is. Yeah, tickling yeah. feather. Oh, and Draconians are a race of dragon humanoids made by uh, Takesis for her army. Yeah. Yeah, they were they were such a great addition. Yeah. Then there's Golly Dwarves. Uh oh. don't like to talk those about those too much, but they're just cousins of the dwarves. Do you, not, them like, a little do you interesting. not like Do you not like Gully Dwarves? <laughs> I like them. They just I oh man, I, I love Gully Dwarves. They're the best. It's fine that they don't uh they're not very PC now. <laughs> I guess. No, they <laughs> I guess. They're just so cute. Yeah. No, I, I like them, but Yeah. We'll see how what other people think of them now. So interesting. Are they are they keeping those? I'm not too sure. I haven't heard if there's they're included or not. They're gonna be in my game, so you'll see them. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else is new? They got so they'll be bringing the three moons. So anyone that hasn't played Dragonlance, the world of Crin has three moons. There's a silver moon, a black moon, and a red moon, and they're mm-hmm. all each moon is a god, and that's how their magic system kind of works. Yeah. So that'll be pretty cool. Uh, the mages of high sorcery, previously the wizards of high sorcery. Right. So all magic users of Kryn have to uh, be a part of the wizards conclave where they can like be kept in check. So that's pretty cool. And you got to do the, uh, the test. Yep. The test. The test of high or the, what's it called? There's the, it's the tower of high sorcery and you yeah. take the test at the tower of high sorcery, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, a, simple, it's a simple multiple choice. It's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> possible death either you win or it's death yeah d all of the death above yeah so that's pretty exciting and what about yeah, the backgrounds um, tinker gnomes i'm not too sure if they're bringing those in yeah I, those are fun to me like again i think they just like to put spins on stuff so the tinker gnomes are these amazing gnomes that created these fabulous uh, crazy you know machines and stuff I, I thought they were a lot of fun to have in the in the games and fun to have in your campaigns and um yeah, I mean, they don't oh. have to have everything, of course. There's tons of stuff mm-hmm. there. I love the books, the Tinker Gnomes. They used catapults as elevators. Yeah. It was so cool. <laughs> that was fun. Of course, the dwarves were never stoked on that. No, no. What uh, else yeah, you so got there? pretty cool. Uh, just the backgrounds, yeah, you could, so you can be a mage of high sorcery or you can be a knight of Slamnia. Mm-hmm. That's the knight order there. So there's the knights of the crown, the rose of the sword. Yep. That'll be pretty cool. Just uh, some different things to add to D&D, really. Oh, Kenders, the big one. Ooh, don't forget so the Kenders. So they're also unique to Kryn. Kenders, they're like Dragonlance's halflings. Yeah. They're immune to fear. They're kleptomaniacs. They got yep. wander, Wanderlust. Yep. Weapon of Choice is a hoopack that's like hoopack. a long stick with like a fork on it. It's like yep. a slingshot. Yep. When they twirl yep. it around, it makes a sound. Makes a sound. Yep. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah, that's that's it, man. That's they were the best. Oh man, mischievous! I've just totally fell in love with that race. And um, didn't you get a message from somebody a little while ago saying that they they didn't like them, or there was I can't remember what they said about mm-hmm. it. They, yeah, 
And it's like, oh, like they are the coolest thing. And people, you know, some people go like, well, are we having a party and they're stealing from party members? It's like, no, they, they actually, it's like they don't even know they're doing it. And they're not, they're not really stealing. They are just borrowing things. Do you know what I mean? And, and it's so That's fun good. to have a candor in a group because, you know, it's like, oh, oh, no, no. I, I, I saw you drop that and I picked it up. I was worried you were going to lose it. It's a good thing I held on to it for you. And there's all this kind of back and forth comedy with it. Uh, they're so fun. And being immune to fear is the craziest thing to play in a character because you do anything. You know what I mean? It just gives you license to do whatever and you don't. your character doesn't have to be afraid of stuff. So it puts a party into crazy situations, but it also really helps progress the game because people don't go like, should we, should we? They just go, let's just go do it. They're already off and running. And so, I, yeah, I love Kenders. They're great. Yeah, that's good role players, though, too. I also know characters or players that I would never want to play Kender. Yeah, that's true. So that's just open, open range to just be a thief and run and be lawfully stupid, right? That's true. Yeah, again, like everything, it comes down to a player. And, uh, you know, like you can play a human fighter, which is about as base as it gets. And you can make that as in-depth as you want. It's about how you play that character right and so yeah yeah but i love kenders i'm excited sean's playing one in my Dragonlance game i'm gonna be running for the guys so yeah excited about that yep yeah kenders they're they're a blast they're just so much fun to play i'm very excited about it we'll keep you guys updated on our game yeah so when do you you think we're gonna start that uh the beetle and grims is supposed to arrive sometime early spring so okay so I, i still have time to think up my name yeah okay good (laughs) <laughs> anyone uh message sean if you have a good kender name for him <laughs> yep yep very cool uh, super exciting i it's it's really interesting to me um man D is just spitting the stuff out right like it's crazy how much stuff is being released and we talked about that in one of our other episodes i think it was our episode two wasn't it about all news and stuff or something and we listed all the books that were coming out it's absolutely crazy um, but this is a big one. Uh, to me, this is a really, really big one. And I think the thirst for Dragonlance has been growing in the last few years. I think yeah. people, have, people have been finding it who didn't know about it before. You've got a whole new generation of D and D players, um, in the last, you know, four or five years that are going back and looking at stuff. And all of a sudden they come across this whole treasure trove of knowledge and information and a whole world, right? It's yeah. pretty exciting. And so for, you know, wizards to come out with a whole whole bunch of stuff around Dragonlance is pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that they do some uh, minis for the classics. Mm, that'd be very cool. But I doubt it, but we'll see. Yeah. So Jim, um, let's, let's start peppering you with questions. Who is your favorite character out of the uh, original crew there of Dragonlance? Oh, Raceland. Easy. I know. I, I, I knew the answer. Do you prefer Raceland when he was Red Robe or Black Robe Raceland? Uh, Red Robe. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a little bit more neutral. Yeah, as a Black Robe, I think he just starts being too far gone on that side. When he was Red Robed, uh, I think he was still open to stuff. Like, like quite often, him and Tannis would talk, right, for advice and those kind of things. Yeah. Um, okay, second favorite of the group? Out of the group? Yeah. Probably Tannis. Yeah. Tannis is the best. Classic hero. Yep. Yeah, you know. But conflicted, right? Hugely conflicted. And that was the thing. They made him half elven and 
he wasn't really accepted in either world, right? The human world or the elven world. And that was difficult for him. So that was, that was neat to have that dynamic for that character. Yeah. And I loved him too, where he wasn't, he didn't always make the best right decision. He questioned himself all the time, you know, and he was, and I think his character, what happened and, and, and I, I can actually even um, sympathize a lot with this, that um, I've had a few positions career wise where I was, you know, kind of the, 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 you know, meant to be the leader or whatever. And so when something would happen, everyone turns to you and say, what do we do? And then you're on that spot. You've got to figure out, okay, what do we do? And that was very much a Tannis thing that all the time, everyone would turn to him and say, what do we do? And he's like, I don't know. Like, it was, just, it's a burden and, <laughs> and, 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 and it's hard. And it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's cool that people trust it, put that trust in you. And that was with Tannis, they put the trust in him, but it was hard for him to, and he was always worried he was going to make the wrong decision. Well, yeah, because then lots of times he would consult Raceland, who was the most intelligent yeah. one in the group, but he was also kind of shady. So he's <laughs> like, I can't, shady? he's like, I can't exactly trust you what you're saying no. on this, but I kind of yeah. have to take your word. <laughs> he got a lot of neat, I think, snippets of advice too from Fizban, where uh, he would be like, you know, son, you're doing well. Like, mm-hmm. don't, you know, follow your instincts. And, and it was kind of neat, you know, like I, I, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, Fizzband, anybody out there who's not familiar with the world, is kind of like a, a equivalent of like a Gandalf type character, like a very old, ancient wizard type character. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. And so then, and you also, you're a, a big Death Knight Lord Soth guy too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I get it. Uh, I don't know. I, I just... I've never been the guy to, to really cheer, not cheer, but to get into the dark, the bad guys. It's not, I don't know it's, that we differ that way. It's just cool. Yeah. No, I, I loved how, and he just, he didn't care what Takesis wanted. That's cool. So like the evil God that's, she's trying to rise up and get back to Crit and he's like, I don't really give a shit what you want to do lady. Like, <laughs> it's like, I got my own problems, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I I would highly, and I know you would too, Jim, tell anybody to pick up the original trilogy and read them. They're they're so great. So, so great. And and I didn't do my homework, people. I'm sorry. Last episode, I did say I was going to do my homework. I'm sorry, Jim. It's been too busy and I didn't get a chance to finish the new book. But what I have read is awesome. And we talked about this before. I love how they picked it up and threw it right in the middle of, you know, kind of the the existence of this world that you've read previously and there's characters there that you know and it's it's almost like looking at what we already know but from a different angle if that makes sense like yeah. you know these characters are kind of off to the side these new characters and and it was really cool to see it through that lens i think they did a really neat job with that yeah i hope that's how the new module is mm. where mm-hmm. you're in that world and it's yeah. everything's still kind of going on but you're off kind of to one side kind of thing doing something else yeah that's cool. You got your own adventure story kind of thing. Yeah, that'd be neat. I can't believe you didn't read those books, man. I learned Spanish. So Did you? The hell. Okay. Say hi to our Spanish viewers. Hello, Spanish viewers. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> I see you learned as much as I read. Perfect. <laughs> That's okay. We tried. It's busy yeah. times as we're recording this. What is the date today? It's like the, it's almost the end of November. Isn't it it's like the 28th or 29th or something? Yeah. Is it Christmas almost? <laughs> it feels like it. It's, it's moving so fast, man. So fast. That's okay. Um, so yeah, we're not going to be hard on ourselves. That's all right. We quite often don't get our homework done, but that's okay. 
I did see you doing some homework today with the uh, Dragonlance cartoon. I'd like that to hear your, your thoughts on that. Yeah, your, your favorite cartoon. Um, I, I'll be honest, I haven't watched it in a long time. Um, it's horrible and great all at the same time. And I completely forgot that Kiefer Sutherland is a voice in that. Yeah, That's Raceland. Crazy. I forgot that. Yeah. So is um what's her name? Lucy Lawless? Yeah, the, Lucy Lawless. Yeah. Not wild. Sent too, so it, yeah, I know. It's okay. I mean, it's fun to watch, right? Because it's it's a piece of that history and a piece of uh, that world. So it's kind of fun, but it's I always not tell that everyone, good. like they had incredible voice actors. They did. But they didn't seem to have any direction. No, it feels like they're just kind of going through the moments. Yeah. And it, and it then, doesn't feel very like it's not really cohesive or it doesn't really engage. You just feel like they're they're checking boxes. Do this, go here, do this, do that. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's like the weird cross of like animation and like computer generated effects. <laughs> just kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, the music, the music was 10 out of 10, though. Yeah. I absolutely love the score for that movie. And I guess it just never did enough anywhere to produce the the sequels like the next versions right because like that's the only one isn't there yeah what i heard is that the what was it the director and the producer or something just wasn't seeing eye tie and they're fighting yeah. and which that's makes sense for how that movie turned out it's so sad right because we look last episode was talking about lord of the rings and tolkien stuff and the 1978 lord of the rings animated ralph bashke bashke Bashki, Bakshi, whatever. Sorry, we always screw his name up. Poor gentleman. Um, Sorry, we don't apologize. Yeah, we we apologize for nothing. Um, astounding film, like it's so amazing. The animation is just beautiful, and they they did neat where they added the rotoscoping, which is real people where they're drawing on top of the cells, and you know, and it, and it just mm-hmm. looks amazing. Um, but they only got through the two books of the three of Lord of the Rings, and the third one was never done. So it's kind of funny that Dragonlance also was left hanging they got one of the three books done and i guess it's the curse of the trilogy yeah all that said though it's still on my favorite movies i watched it before i even played D, and it That's was cool i loved it and i loved all the fancy in it and i still i watch that movie qu- quite often so That's because killer. it's all we have <laughs> yep there you go well maybe more soon we'll see and with that, people, we are going to take a quick break. I believe Mr. Jim is going to come back to us with a wicked fantasy factoid. We'll be right back. Fantasy factoid. Hey, everyone. We're back for a fantasy factoid. I got Sean here on this one. I wanted to hear his uh, what he thought about this. So in the mid-90s, the Jim Henson Company was in talks with TSR to make a Jim Henson Dragonlance crossover but when Wizards of the Coast bought TSR, the project was dropped. How cool would a Jim Henson Dragonlance crossover be? Wow. So you mean like Jim Henson doing a Dragonlance yeah. style thing? Wow. That in, would be- in, in The Last Home, made by Jim Henson. Can you imagine? How creepy would Raceland look with his little beady yellow cat eyes and his cloak as a little <laughs> Muppet? You know, the, 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 the goblins. Yeah. 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 When you think of some of the stuff they did... I, I specifically think like the dark crystal world that they did. Right. And you think of maybe transferring some of the dark crystal um, design and aesthetics into a Dragonlance world would be pretty insane. Hey. Yeah. So I'm, I, wonder what, I wonder what that would have been if that would have been like a, like half hour shows or if they would have did a full movie or I want, I very interested to know what kind of what that might've been talked about. No idea. All I know is that if any listeners can get me on a parallel universe, where that actually happened, I'd love to go check it out. 
<laughs> There's got to be somebody out there. Yeah, so please. All right, thanks, everybody. Hey, everybody, we are back. And uh, that was a great fantasy factoid, buddy. Oh, thank you. Yeah, pretty crazy. <laughs> it's a weird world. There's The thing I'm learning more and more is that there's so much stuff out there uh, that we, about everything. And the the neat thing about the internet is it does allow you to access a lot of that stuff, but it still surprises me on some things of how much is out there that I've not even heard about, read about, or it's crazy. Yeah. So um, we're going to chat a little bit more about Dragonlance. And um, what is your favorite physical area that you've read about or in been involved in in Dragonlance? Like what area is something that is really a favorite place of yours in Dragonlance besides Inn of the Last Home? Yeah, obviously it's the end of the last home. I know, I know. If you're going for that. Second I, favorite. <laughs> I love the Towers of High Sorcery. Yeah, that's cool. And Raceland's in there and it's it's all magic. Magicked up, there's magic traps. Um, yeah. There's some of them where the grove outside of it it's only if the tower wants to find you is the only way that you can get in. Kind of cool. And isn't the inside bigger than inside than when it looks yeah. like outside? Yeah. 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 I've used that a few times. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. What about you? Um, well, I do. Obviously, I also love the Inn of the Last Home, but all of Solace itself, like the, the, the description of the big Valen wood trees and all that kind of stuff is really cool. I also love it's it's Pax Tharkis where they have the big battle um with sturm and stuff and things without giving away too much stuff right isn't mm-hmm. that where it is is that pax Tharkis? or am i getting it mixed up uh pax Tharkis, that's the uh underneath um what's that's the like, one th- that's where they get the uh the discs the discs the discs of mishackle um, yeah. yeah i'm thinking the um the name of the the, the battle that um lorana is really important in the dragon attacks you know, know what i mean yeah, you're kind of giving out spoilers, though. I really don't care anymore. I'm kind of <laughs> sorry, people, but like, you know what? These books are written back in the 80s. Come on, people. Catch up. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of that place. Yeah, it's slipping me right now, but yeah, it's yeah. That, that where, the, to me, where the dragon is. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, Jim? I think it might be the Battle of the High Clarist's Tower. Is that correct? That is correct, Sean. Boy, I just pulled that one out of the air. Um yep. The magic of editing. And uh, that, to me, I remember reading it. I don't know. I, something about it, I remember at the time reading it, it being really visual in my mind. Like, I think they wrote it really well. And I could really see and feel what was going on, which is crazy. And what's really cool is a big chunk of that is tied to the new book, right? Which is yeah, kind, that's of a, the, kind of the main part of it. The yeah. main part of the new book, which is really yeah. cool. Yeah. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, I was excited when I read that because that, that meant a lot to me when I re- had read the original books and they refer to that. So um trying to think of something else. I didn't make a list of things to talk about to ask you questions on. Um again, it's hard asking questions without giving stuff away. <laughs> so out of all the races in Kryn, especially the new ones they you know it has developed, what's your favorite race? Probably Draconians. Yeah. Yeah. They were really cool bad guys. I really love the books that they did about them too. Yeah, we were kinda, talking about like their side of the story. Yeah, that's cool. And we talked about that a little bit earlier about how just they were just, re- I thought, really well thought out characters. Like the, a lot of times bad guys, like a lot of thought goes into the good guys. But when it comes to the bad guys, a lot of times they're just like, I feel they're thrown together and there's not a lot there. But there, there's a whole story behind them and how they actually come into the world, like from the little, the dragon eggs and stuff and everything. Like it's just, it's really cool. I think the work they did behind them. 
Yeah. And then the mystery, if they age or not, like if they die. Yeah. They yeah. think that they can live up to a thousand years. That's so crazy. like, of course, no one on Kryn can know that because, you know, they die before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, who do you think is grumpier, Flint or Riverwind? Flint. Riverwind's pretty grumpy, though. Like, yeah. You know, but he does. That's saying something. It is. But he, he actually has a character arc and is less grumpy. Uh, at the beginning, I mean, the guy's a dick at the beginning. We don't need your help. Yeah. You know, uh, but yeah, Flint is obviously the grumpiest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. I love the chit chat and the mm-hmm. relationships between all the companions. It really just brings the story together and makes it realistic. Yeah, they did a great job of a, of a really neat blend of different, um, you know, character traits, character, different people, that kind of thing. And um, it, it's a really, uh, you made a joke about it last uh, episode when I talked about the uh, the game I put together for some of my Patreons and we played where it was a reunion. And that was very much what the Dragonlance opens up as, is these friends, close friends that haven't seen each other in a while, got off and done their own things, come back together and that's a really neat way. So for those of you out there, if you're trying to think of a way to start your game, your whole campaign, have all these people know each other, which is also fun because the players generally know each other anyway to begin with. So it's kind of fun to have that, you know, that connection. Uh, but it's a great way to have everyone come back together after a period of time and uh, and and explore new things. Yeah. I'm uh, really excited to run that new adventure for you guys. And I'm going to try to keep cool. it. Try to keep it uh, original Dragonlance quite a bit, but I still want to throw some homebrew stuff in there. I love yeah, the yeah, idea sure. of adding some more stuff in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I can't not add stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like when I I, yeah. I, when I play modules that are, pre, that are all pre-written, I add stuff into them because you just have to. You want to make it your own, but not even so much your own, but you want to make it for your players, their world, their stuff. You know, that's really yeah. important. We're kind of talking about... Um, <laughs> Kind of what uh, the segment's going to be today. We're going to do a little bit of behind the screen, talk a little bit of some D&D tips and stuff. So we're, we're doing it right now almost. <laughs> Look at that. More more for the money. Boy, you get yeah. your value on this podcast. <laughs> no, you do not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, it's free. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, do. yeah, 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 yeah. It's good. It's all good. Um, yeah. So uh, the other thing, just as a side note, uh, do you remember what episode this is? I like asking you. Yeah, it's... Somewhere between seven and 12. Yeah, right between them. It's nine. <laughs> and do you remember what happens at 10? We level up, I believe. We level up. Woo. That's pretty exciting. I have no idea what that even means. Yeah. No, but, me neither. But you know what? Maybe people out there might know what it means. Why don't uh, you maybe tell them how they could get in touch with us and they could tell us what happens when we level up. Uh, you can email us at 13sideddie.com and uh, yeah, send us a... Or crystal ball at 13sidedie.com. There you go. You need that little bit yeah. of beginning. That's cool. Yeah. Didn't, didn't um, write it down this time. That's okay. You did good. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be kind of fun. Uh, we, we talked about that when we first started. We've been on level one. And when we got to uh, the 10th episode, we'd level up. So uh, we'll have to figure out what that means for the next episode when we level up. Yeah, I hope something happens. Me too. Yeah, it'd kind of suck if nothing happened. Get a magic item or <laughs> some more experience or something. Something we need experience. Yeah. Cool. Is there anything else we wanted to touch on on Dragonlands before we wrapped up our main topic? Uh, I did want to say that. So talking about my campaign, I'm going to run for you guys. Yes. I'm doing um, Dragonlands, of course, and yeah. I'm going to throw some homebrew in there. Yeah. 
And my buddy Bard the Painter on Instagram there, he's printing me off a sawmill right now, 3D printing it. And for those that don't know, I've worked at a sawmill for 14 years. (laughs) So I'm so excited to put that in the game so I can actually like (laughs) sling stuff that I know, like facts and (laughs) phrases. And I I hate when uh, I have to role play like a blacksmith or something. I don't know anything about blacksmithing. So I just have to, yeah, he's hitting the hammer. And like, I don't know, he's hitting the the bellows and I I don't actually know what he's doing, you know, but a sawmill, I'm going to know that inside and out. So you guys are going to spend a lot of time there. Yeah. (laughs) Get ready for the sawmill. Mm -hmm. That is cool. That's a neat idea. And if you try to leave some magic fogs going to grab you and pull you back in the sawmill. (laughs) You you leave and you go into another sawmill. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was awesome. Well, thanks for letting me ramble about uh, Dragonlance. No worries, buddy. Yeah. We'll do it again in another like five years or something. Uh, probably five episodes, people. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. Are you looking for a D&D podcast with the dark side? Something more like Game of Thrones and less like Monty Python? Tale of the Manticore is part dark fantasy audio drama, part solo D&D RPG. There's no plot armor here. The dice make all the important decisions. Join me as I resurrect the excitement, wonder, and emotion of old-school D&D. Made for a mature audience, Tale of the Manticore is both a fiction and a game. It's the story where chaos rolls. Behind the Screen All right, people. Today on our uh, smaller segment, we are going to, as you heard on the bumper... Uh, behind the screen, which Jim and I kind of refer to as kind of like a bit of the of what's going on on the DM side of the uh, the table. And um, I think before we start anything, the, the thing I want to say to everyone the most is that if you're the DM and you're at the table and all those eyeballs are looking at you, it can freak you out. But don't let it because the biggest thing is that nobody knows what's going on. Half the time as a DM, you don't know what's going on, <laughs> but you don't have to let anybody know that right? Just enjoy yourself and put it out there and your players are just going to eat it up and, and go with it. Um, if you have players that don't, and if you have players that are challenging you and players that are questioning everything and that get rid of them, that sounds really evil, but I I don't have time for it. No, I'm here to have fun. I'm here to make sure everyone else has fun because ultimately as a DM, that's your biggest thing. You're here to have fun and make sure everybody has fun. You're kind of the, the fun referee. And if someone's not helping out with that, talk to them, and tell them to, you know, smarten up or like, see you later. Uh, thoughts on that, Jim? Yeah, that's why, uh, like a session zero is really important. Yeah. We can talk and where are you trying to get out of the game? And yeah. then you can talk to each player and kind of figure it out. And you should know pretty quick if that table's for them or not. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, like we always say, every table is different. Um, but when I fired up the game that, that I DM in right now, we started playing like what six, seven years ago. Um, it's made up of you know my son, my nephew, uh, a family friend that we've known for over twenty years, um, my son's really close friend, and who he's known forever, and then another friend of his that uh, he had met when he was um, in college a few years back. Like it was just became this group of people, and then our good buddy Jim here, who I've known for quite a while now, he's joined in as well, and so it's this tight-knit group of friendly people that we all know really well. 
So the level of trust is there when we started. Now that isn't always that way for everybody when they start a game. Sometimes you get people that you've never even met before that kind of join in. So like Jim said, get to know each other a little bit, have a session zero. Um, you know, if you can go out for coffees, go out and sit down and talk for a while, get to know everybody a little bit. And, um, and DMs, it's your job to lay down the law, like tell the people the kind of game that you're going to be running. I mean, don't be a tyrant, but tell them that you don't want people arguing with the DM all the time. I mean, the DM isn't always right. If you get something wrong, people are allowed to ask, but they're not allowed to challenge it over and over. And once the DM's made a ruling, right or wrong, that's the ruling. Because otherwise it slows the game down. It's just not fair to all the rest of the players. Yeah. A little fun fact about me joining Sean's game is that, so his party had a statue of the name Jim. And they were going to turn it into a human. Or turn it from stone back into flesh. Because it wasn't a statue. It obviously looked like somebody who had been turned to stone. Their hands were like up in front of their face kind of thing, trying to block something. So, and we play on Discord. Yep. Sean thought it would be awesome if I hid in the background as one of his uh, microphones. Yep. And then once they unthawed me or turned me back from (laughs) from stone to flesh, that I would be there. And surprise, here's the new player. I've never met any of these people before or talked to them. (laughs) I come in and I'm behind the scenes so I can see all them, but they can't see me. And for the entire session, they did not turn me back to flesh. So for four hours, I sat there like a creep watching people that had no idea I was there. And it wasn't until the next time that they played that I got turned. And then, you know, they were all stoked. And I think they like having me at the table, but I felt like a real creep there. It was so funny because obviously I knew and I kept waiting for them and I didn't want to railroad them and force them into doing it. So we just let them go. And uh, yeah, they didn't. And poor Jim just sat in the background watching, watching and waiting. And uh, I like doing tricks like that. So that's a little DM tip. If you, uh, if you're in person, you can do it as well. I once had um, in this room I'm in right now behind me is a door and we used to play D and D down in here years ago, back in the eighties. And we had a new player hide behind the door. And so in the game, someone said, yeah, I'm going to go and pick the lock. I was like, oh, how would you do that? How would you pick the lock? I said, why don't you go to that door there and show me how you'd pick the lock? So they went to the door and they're trying to pick the lock and trying to pretend. And they opened the door and I had a new player sitting behind the door and it scared the crap out of them. It was so funny. <laughs> Somebody jumped and um, my son, uh, Stefan, was really little. He must have been like four or five. He laughed and he stood up and he was laughing and there was a candle. And his hair caught on fire. We had to put his hair out. Oh, man, it was like crazy. Um, but uh, it's fun to do stuff like that. So this is the the, the modern online video version. Uh, have somebody hiding in the background. And uh, on Discord, I just had Jim turn his, his little, you know, avatar name into being like a, a microphone. And I think if anyone was going to ask, I was telling him I was trying out a new mic. Uh, it was very funny. So then when they said like, what is it? What is the, what are the, what does Jim the statue look like? And I said, well, how about this? And Jim would turn on his camera and they would see him and everyone's like, oh no, and freak out and, it's a giggle and it's a lot of fun to do it. So that, that's a, that's a fun little thing you can do. Yeah. Yeah. It was good, right? Oh yeah. And I think that they like me. <laughs> I think they like you. We're voting on it right now. So we'll oh. see, but we'll let you oh, know how no. the, the poll results when they come in. I can't even um, bring like candy and stuff to bribe them. Cause we don't play in person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I think that's, I don't know. Since we went into the whole quarantine pandemic thing, we started playing online within a couple of weeks of the kind of the pandemic when it hit in like, you know, March, 2020, we started playing online and we've been on since in that period, I've had one player move from our city to another city and come back to our city. 
uh, which is hilarious. Jim is about four hours away from us. And then one of our other players, uh, she's moved like out to the West Coast of Canada. She's like hours and hours and hours away from us. And so I kind of got a feeling that some level of, you know, a video conferencing will be part of the game for a lot of people going forward, just because that's how you've, we've connected now for a while. So I don't know when we'll all be in a room again together. That's, uh, that's hard to say, but, um, you know, maybe one day, uh, I did want to talk on one specific thing though. I kind of wanted to give you guys a, a tip, uh, that I like to use. And that is, um, when you're playing and if you're using miniatures on the table and you've got all your bad guys, uh, as a DM, it can be very hard. It's like, so say you've got, you know, uh, seven orcs on the table and, uh, you know, an orc chieftain or something. Um, when the players put their minis down, we all know who the players minis are and they keep track of their own stats and all that stuff. But as a DM, it's your job to keep track of the stats, hit points, etc., for the characters that they're fighting. And when you're putting them down on the table, it can sometimes be hard. It's like, oh yeah, okay, no, Jim is fighting this one here. And you're writing notes saying, you know, Jim's name next to thing. No, what I did, and I, I've been using this for years and years and years, you go to Staples or whatever um, kind of stationary store that you like, and you get those little tiny dots that they are, I think they're supposed to be used like in your, like when you, in your binders, when you put notes and stuff, and they're little, little tiny dots. They're really, they're quite small and they're colored. And on the bases of the bad guys, I put the dots and then I put a number. So I'd have those seven orcs numbered one to seven. And then in my notes, I'd have orc one hit points or two hit points. And it would go through like that. So when a battle incurs, I can even say to people, what, what orc, what orc are you fighting? And they can even, they can look down on the table and say, oh, it's orc number three. I'm like, perfect. I know that sounds kind of obvious, but I've not seen a lot of people do it. And I tell you, it'll change your game. As a DM, it makes everything so much easier to remember who's who, what's what, who's fighting what. It it just works so well. It might take a little bit away from the layout and the look of things because you've got these little colored dots on the bases. I don't care. And if anyone follows me on Instagram, you probably might've seen some of the characters I've used little minis in my displays when I take pictures and you might see a little colored dot on the base. There you go. That's why they're right out of our game. And I, I find it just works so well. It, it, it was a, a huge, huge, huge element into change the way I play. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I do something similar. Like when I'm painting up bad guys, I'll paint, like if they have like an armband, mm. each armband I'll paint different. So that's like a good red, call. red orc, yellow orc, green orc that, yep. or if the bases are big enough, you can just get like those little Citadel skulls. Yeah, glue them on there. So that's orc one or or two has two skulls on his bake, or or three yep. has three skulls. And yeah, that's a great, anything you could do like that just to make it stand out. Because you just again, it's all about keeping the game flowing. You don't want to be like, oh yeah, no, wait a minute, which one are you fighting? You know, you're oh, I've already get no. You want it to be seamless. You don't want people to real. You don't want to take people away from anything. Just let them go and enjoy it, and and uh, you know, and things like that just help make it a little bit easier. Yeah. I think that's about it. Hey, buddy, that's uh, kind of our little segment on uh, behind the screen. Yeah, hopefully you guys learned something like how I'm a creep sometimes, I guess. So, <laughs> Well, we love you, Jim. It's okay. Oh, All of you God. should know that Jim might be lurking in the background at any given time. Yeah. Any Zoom meeting that you're on at work, I might be in the background. <laughs> if there's an unidentified microphone, it's Jim. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll catch you later. Next time on 13-Sided Die. Hey, everybody. I guess we're going to wrap up uh, this episode, which is exciting because next episode we level up, which is very exciting. And uh, it was a fun time today. Thanks, Jim. I really enjoyed uh, all your 
Dragonlance knowledge. You've uh, really accumulated it over the years. Yeah, thanks for finally letting me do this episode. <laughs> Uh, so I guess for next episode, um, we had a couple ideas kicking around, but I think we really felt today that, um, doing a little bit of that behind the screen could really just be a whole episode. And, and I think you mentioned you had a few people comment on that to you. Is that right? Yeah. They just lots of people for DM prep, you know, they just wanted to yeah. have some tips and stuff and we might have a one or two of those up the old sleeves. So I think that's a good idea. It's, um, you can never prep enough, it feels like, but then a lot of times you pre- over prep. So it, it's a funny thing. So I think that'd be a very good to chat about that with people and uh, and kind of goes through some of the tips and the things that we do to try and, you know, facilitate us being ready for a game. That'd be great. And so, yeah, which is also totally valid for people who aren't DMs to listen to as well, to get a bit of a kind of again, behind the screen an idea of what goes on. So, yeah, I think that's next episode then. Uh, that's exciting. And um uh, we do like uh, on the show to uh, receive reviews. Thank you very much yeah. if you've given us a review. Uh, if you are listening, please subscribe. Subscribe makes a big difference on whatever uh, pod app, pod uh, podcast app of your choice. And uh, yeah, if you can give us some stars, give us a review. Uh, send us some if you want through either Instagram or an email, crystalball at 13 sided die. And uh, we like to read them out when we have them. And I think you've got one you're going to read today. Is that right, Jim? Yeah, I got a message from uh, Barry Bod on Instagram there. Uh, she good. she co-hosts the Lovely Chaotic Show on nice. uh, Twitch there. Yeah, I've been yeah. on there. That's super nice. She said, uh, I always look forward to listening to new episodes of 13 Side Die. Jim and Sean make it easy for anyone to jump in and learn about the world of fantasy and even provide the listener with fun facts and helpful tips for the next session. They rolled a nat 20. Wow, and, that was uh, nice. Yeah, she uh, wanted to know our thoughts about how we brought the, or how, so in Lords of, or Rings of Power, yep. how they brought the wizards in, like what we thought about how they did that. Okay, so we're, we're doing spoilers and stuff then, yes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. Hey, if, um, you, if you don't want any spoilers, stop the episode right now. I guess that's probably a good thing to say, yeah. Um, yeah, there's, and there's obviously been controversy about that. Some people have jumped all over that, not been very happy with it. Um, I personally, I thought it was really cool. Um, one of the things we commented last episode on about Rings of Power was the not knowing, like they really took us through that series of episodes about not knowing who's who, what's what, what's going on in certain places, very much like a lot of the characters in the show. And I thought that was kind of fun to go on that journey with them. Uh, as opposed to knowing everything, you know, from the onset, that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So um, what she's referring to is obviously how the wizards are brought into the world. And I thought that was a, they did it in a, actually a really cool way. And I'm totally on board. And the wizards didn't even know they're wizards. They're trying to figure out what's going on They're They're a bit lost. So that was kind of cool. So yeah, that, that I, 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 I thought it was neat. Yeah, she you? said it, it reminded her of wild magic, mm. like with them trying to, because they're, they're trying to understand themselves, how the world yeah. reacts to their magic. And I thought that was really cool, too. Yeah, it's neat. And it really gives a Genesis feeling like you're right at the beginning of something, you know. And that's kind of a really cool thing to to know that you're going to go on a journey with this character right from kind of their beginning, in a way, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So thanks, Barrybot, for that. And Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hopefully we answered that uh, good enough. <laughs> oh, we, we crushed it. Oh, Absolutely crushed you. it. Yeah, I'm already seeing the ratings coming in on it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. 
anything else or is that wrapping us up for this episode? I think that's it. Just uh, keep listening. That's how we level up. Yep. Listen, 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 and uh, say all good things about us. Lie as much as you can. Yeah, please lie about us. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with say lying. You, say lying things. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, and we're not going to apologize because we don't. No. So, yeah. Just follow. Listen. Do all those yeah. things. Yeah, or don't. Or don't. It's good either way. It <laughs> yeah. doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> Fun as always, buddy. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, we'll look forward to our next one. And uh, we'll look forward to hearing from all you wonderful people out there. Next one will be even the best one. The bestest one yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Good night. Bye. Well done, you. You've made it to the end of the podcast. You are a bold adventure to be sure. Remember to fill your wire skin and to have your blade sharpened at the blacksmith's before departing. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to our podcast to be notified of new 13-sided die adventures. And don't forget to tell your friends about the silly fools talking about D&D. 13-Sided Die has been brought to you by Sean and Jim. Executive produced by Sean and Jim. Mini painting by Sean and Jim. Engineered by Sean and Jim. Cobble and torture device by Sean and Jim. Conceptualized by Sean and Jim. Please note, no goblins were harmed in the making of this podcast.